welcome to the Focus on Goals podcast, where we provide inspiration for the next generation. With your host, Angelo, from SCS Sports Coaching Specialists, and Lee from Happy Days Photography. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Focus on Goals podcast, where we provide inspiration for the next generation. With your host, Angelo, from SCS Sports Coaching Specialists, and Lee from Happy Days Photography. Let's get into the show. Angelo, we're on. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Lee. How are you, mate? Yeah, mate, really good. We're doing overtime today. Second podcast of the day. Number two, that we are, we've got a new job. No, I know. It needs a business, <laughs> eh? This is easy, having a chat with people, going through stuff. So um, we had Stephen Freeman earlier, didn't we, who yeah. runs the Robin Cancer Trust. That was really good. Yeah, that was an amazing going. story. Absolutely amazing story. Yeah, so yeah. Um, just before we get into tonight's one, anyone that's watching, if you could do us a favour and just share the video, that'd be really handy because we just want to try and get a bit of user and viewer content today with people asking questions to Kevin. And you know a bit more about Kevin than what I do. So yeah. tell the people what's, what we're Yeah, no, definitely. It'll be, um, it'll be interesting tonight. Obviously, Kev was, uh, was a top pro. And he's now um, he's now a manager of Needham Market, so he's gone from playing in the top division to coaching in the in the lower non-league team. So it'll be really interesting to sort of hear his views, and I think it'll be a good one tonight. Yeah, I think it should be a really good good story that's gone right the way through the system, isn't it? From definitely all the way through to the other end. So, um, so yeah, look, we could chat for hours, but let's let's get Kevin. That's what we're here for, isn't it? So give me one. Yeah, let's do it. Kevin, how you doing, mate? Hi, mate. How are you doing? Really well, really well. Thank you for your time. No problem. Gino, how are you, mate? Yeah, good thing, mate. Uh, mate, you're, you're playing a strong beard game tonight, aren't you? Yeah, I've sort of uh, gone one step ahead of yours, haven't I, really? <laughs> That's good, mate. Yeah, my, mine's going grey now, unfortunately, mate. I'm getting old, aren't I? We've all gone for the short hair as well, haven't we? There's no option. Oh, <laughs> mate, I, I, I had a nightmare with mine. This is long now. Is it really? Oh, yeah, don't. It was a yeah, disaster. Mate. How have you been during lockdown? Have you been doing, uh, have you obviously been going for walks and running or anything? Or? Yeah, it's, look, it's, it's tough for everyone, isn't it? Um, we, we had actually eight adults and two babies of mine because um, two of my daughters come and lock down with us. Um, with their One was, well, one was a newborn, two weeks old, um, and one was four months. So it's been hectic. Mate. It's been good, though, like everyone sort of said. It's, it gives you time to spend time with your family that, you probably wouldn't have done. So it's, yeah. it's, been, it's been difficult, but good. We, we go out for walks, bike rides. Um, I have put a tent up in the garden, though, for me. A bit of man space <laughs> to get away. Um, but, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's been okay. It's been okay. Did you, did you get furloughed, or how did it work with, with, obviously, your work? Have you done anything, or has it literally been just time at home? I actually didn't, because I'm self-employed. Okay. Um, but, obviously, players get furloughed and that. So, yeah. yeah. It's just waiting, like everyone else. I'm just itching to get back, mate. Yeah. Uh, it's got to be safe, isn't it? What about meetings and stuff like that? You've been doing stuff through Zoom? Yeah, we've done bits through Zoom. Like, obviously, the staff and that. Um, player-wise, we've got a WhatsApp group that most, not just non-league clubs, most pro clubs have it as well, where the lads bounce a bit of banter about. And yeah. that sort of dwindled down slightly because it's obviously lockdown has dragged on. But, serious, yeah, it's yeah. been okay. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. And with regards to, have you have you been given any heads up as to when you might be able to start doing anything again? Not really. People are still saying that they're open for beginning of July. Um, 
that still, for me, people are still guessing, but in hope for. I know my mate works out in Finland coaching, and they've gone back now actually, but they're doing it in smaller numbers, groups of five. So that hopefully they let us do that, which would be good. It at least give you a chance to get back in and meet the lads, even if it's not all together. Yeah, yeah. I think at least at least if you can get a little bit of that camaraderie back, that thing that football gives, you can't explain it, can you? When you've been in the game. Just yeah, being, just, around, being around the boys, that, changing room. The... That's that's massive. That's, yeah. Do you know what? That's one thing I struggled with when I stopped playing. Yeah. Um, I know it sounds stupid, doesn't it? But it, it's being in that environment. It's it's a bit different to working anywhere else. Yeah. Um, and it was saying I missed massive when I stopped playing. I had exactly the same feeling. That it wasn't so much the playing. It was more being able just to let it go for the week. You know, you had a bad week. Someone kicks lumps at you. You have a bit of a row. You go home happy, but. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting tonight to obviously start from where it all began for you, Kev. Yeah. So do you want to sort of talk about your youth and and where you started playing football? Yeah. For, well, from I suppose like most people, like yourselves, I can I, I can remember having a ball at my feet as soon as I could walk. Yeah. It's something that I obviously took to, and and I'm I'm a big believer in opportunity and chance and, and walk. Happened why I'd be pro. I, I think because I had a dad that was really committed. Okay. Um, yeah. We lived quite close to it. No, no, my uncle, my, my uncle did on my mum's side, played yeah. for Portsmouth briefly. Okay. Um, but it was just that chance. You know, I lived, I lived on a road in South East London that had grass at the top of it. Yeah. It gave me a chance to go up there and play football. I, I often played with lads that were older than me, bigger than me. So yeah. did that help me? I think it did. Um, and then I joined the local team, which was called Villacourt Rovers. Okay. From a real young age. Um, for, from a young age, people always hyped me up. From a really young age, I was going to be the next England captain. Uh, I think it was probably because I was, although I'm not a big fella, I was probably a little bit more overdeveloped than, than other kids. I had quite big legs at the time. Cool. We didn't play in the smaller goals back then, did we? So. Yeah. The goals were massive and I could shoot from quite far out. And if I got it in the top half of the goal, I scored. So I probably stood that really out. When, when, you know, as a kid, if you are sort of more developed than, you know, you see some kids that are 12 that look, you know, eight or nine. But obviously with yourself, looking older, being stronger, did you think that helped you when you were younger? I, I think it makes you stand out, yeah. Like yeah. obviously going through or when you get the opportunity to go to a, a professional club, I yeah. probably stood out from the rest because... I was that much stronger and that much more developed. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying I was better players than them by any means because yeah. I, I played in a really good team, but I probably stood out for them reasons. Yeah. I think that's, you know, you look at the youth matches nowadays and you've got an eight-year-old, nine-year-old that can kick it a little bit harder than the other ones and it does make a make a big big difference. But um, so, so you obviously was playing your Sunday football and then what happened from there? Yeah, so I was at Villa Court quite a long time. Until I don't know what happened. I don't know. If it was, my dad had a row with a manager over something. I don't know. My dad never got involved in football, which yeah. I think helped me as well. He's my dad's a real quiet man. He never stood with other parents. He'd go and stand down on his own near the corner flag. Never shout at me. Never encourage me as much. He'd always speak to me, obviously after the game. Yeah. Um, so I stayed there a long time. Then, then he must have had a row or something because I left and went to the, the arch rivals, oh, St Thomas yeah. Four. Um, which was, was quite difficult, but again, I loved it. Um, and while, while playing for them, Cholton asked me to go and try. It was a local team. It was a, it was a club my dad supported as a boy. 
My dad was yeah. from Charlton. So over I went. My dad took me to first-team games anyway there. So that's where it started for me at Charlton, which was around the corner for me. Yeah, what, what age was that? I was probably maybe nine, ten. Okay. okay. So, so quite young. Was there for a couple of years. And then, to be fair, back then you could, you could jump from club to club. Yeah. Um, Arsenal asked me to go there. So, obviously, Arsenal were a massive club and still yeah. are. Um, so, we committed to that. We, we used to travel over. I would have been about, yeah, about 12 then. So, I used yeah. to leave. I just started secondary school. I used to leave school, um, go and get the ferry, Woolwich Ferry, across to the other side because my dad worked the other side of the wall. And then yeah. we'd drive up to, to Highbury, which was a mission, I must admit. Yeah. But that, That's a hell of a commitment, isn't it, even at that age? Yeah, it was. Because you're doing it a couple of times a week as well. Yeah. My dad was obviously leaving for work really early, five in the morning, taking me to Arsenal on a Tuesday and a Thursday. We weren't getting, we weren't getting home till 11, quarter to 12. Yeah. yeah, it was nuts looking back. But like I said, my dad was really keen on, on giving me the opportunity to play. So yeah. Yeah. We had this chat, didn't we, Lee, before with, um, with the other pros that we've done. And they said how, how much commitment, probably commitment was the main, main aspect of their game. Uh, but also having parents that can do that for you as well. Yeah, you know? I, yeah, I think that's massive because it's okay me having the commitment and up on the, the grass bit at the top of my road plan, but are you ever going to get to that opportunity to play for a pro club? Because yeah. um, my dad was prepared to put in the miles when he must have been absolutely shattered, by the way. Obviously yeah. not had dinner them two nights. Um, yeah, it was a massive commitment for him. Uh, and not everybody gets that, do they? I guess now, Kevin, I guess you probably appreciate that even more now, being a dad and having your own kids. At the time, it was yeah, kind of... Yeah, I do. And to be fair, I'm going to have to come clean. I've got five kids, so I've got four girls. I mean, so my lad's the youngest. Um, he's 13. He's in at Colchester. Um, but because of, obviously, my commitment with football, so I've, I often train or play on a Tuesday. We train on a Thursday. Play. Yeah. My, my wife does all the driving about and it is a commitment. She's down on a Sunday down in London playing Watford. Arse. Yeah, it, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. Just on that point, Kev, do you, has he signed for Colchester because it's local and it's easier for you to get there? Do, do you know what? It's when I moved up here, Gino. Um, yeah. He wasn't at a club. He, he was in a, the development centre at Tottenham, which was round the corner from where we lived when I lived in Kent. Um, yeah. he, he got asked a few times, would he go on a, on a trial thing for the elite centre? And I said, look, I'm not particularly bothered. Yeah. Um, I know that sounds probably a little bit crazy because I come through the system. Yeah. I, I just think sometimes it can be too much too early. I, I'm, yeah. I'm a big believer in that because at the age of, I can't remember, 14, 15, I sort of lost a little bit of love for it. Yeah, I'd been in the system. I was committed, obviously, up until then, and it just become a little bit too much. So yeah. I was keen to keep him away from it, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, but when I moved to to Colchester this way, obviously, I was working at Colchester anyway. Um, I just said, look, will you be able to come in and see if if he's good enough? It yeah. Just saved, it saved me a job of finding him a Sunday club, and it's yeah. worked out quite well. He loves it. Um, yeah, I'm glad you put you brought that point up, really, because. Um... You know, a, a lot of a lot of good players go into academies, but like you say, you you can sometimes sort of overplay. Um, yeah. And I actually believe in that. I think sometimes, like especially now I've got my own son, I sort of let him enjoy it. The main factor is got to be enjoyment. And if he wants to play Sunday football, academy football, it's completely up to himself. Yeah, hundred hundred percent. Like I've heard a lot of people, and I agree with it. The multi-sport aspect, I think, is yeah. good. I just think when it's so rigid and and so often from a young age. 
you, you get bored of it. Yeah. And, and that's what I did at 14, 15. I, I'd been hyped up until then. Um, I was yeah. going to be the next big thing. And I got to the age and think, oh, I don't really want to be that thing. So I lost a little bit of love for it. I, I, I continued. Um, by this stage, I was over at West Ham, which was a little bit more local to me than Arsenal. Yeah. Um, and, and got offered my YTS there. So. Yeah. And back then, that, the YTS that you went through was proper, as everyone probably remembers it, YTS, where you, you're putting the graft in and you're the boy in there, are you? It was, <laughs> it was tough. Looking back, it was tough. It was obviously minimal money, although first wage packet I thought I'd won the lottery even though it was only about it was about 120 quid I think for the month um and I was yeah I thought I walked home thinking I was loaded but I I weren't bothered about money and and not even even through my career I was never bothered about it it was about being a footballer I was obsessed with football I wanted to be a professional footballer so being offered that YTS was was a special moment for me um but I knew also that that's where the hard work started because Obviously, I'd seen so many lads be released, and and not many get that that offer of professional contract. Yeah, yeah. How did that YTS? Can you remember how they approached you? How that came about? It was a, it was a crazy one at the time. Billy Bonds was manager at West Ham, and through, through the the youth team, I'd played in obviously 16s and often played up in in the youth team, and and did really well. And then I had a problem with my knee, and obviously I went and see the specialist. They took a little bit of bone off my my kneecap, okay. and then. I think Billy told my dad that I weren't getting offered. Although two months before I had the operation, I was odds on and obviously getting YTS, getting a year pro and all that. And then Billy told my dad that, look, we're not sure he's going to get there with a knee. And yeah, it shocked me a little bit. But then they contacted me about two weeks later and said, look, we're going to give it a chance. We're going to offer him. So I got offered the YTS. Yeah, so it was a bit of a strange one. And it sort of sent me back on my heels a little bit when when he said I wasn't getting one. Yeah. but, you know yeah. when you first um, initially got that that call about have, you know getting the YT, did anyone um, in your family sort of say, look, sort of was a little bit negative about it? Did, did you was you always going to do football? Was it going to be go to school and you know? Yeah, I was, my, in my mind, I was always going to play football. Um, yeah. Whether that was naive or whether I've just it's worked out lucky that I actually did. Obviously, because yeah. a lot, lot of players don't. No one really said anything. My dad was obviously over the moon and immediate family. No one else really said anything. Um, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. I remember being at school, actually, and, I, and you're going through your options and say, oh, what subjects? I was quite good at school. I, I was, wasn't naughty. I, I worked quite hard. I did homework. So it wasn't where I just didn't do that and was obsessed with football and that's it I was aware that I had to still be a good lad at school and, and do do the right thing um, but I remember going in for the options and the teacher said to me like what do you want to do when you leave school and I said I want to be a footballer and they laughed and they said that's not a job <laughs> really? oh, I wish I had their number yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's oh. what he says to me that's not a job yeah and that, that is the typical answer though of a teacher wouldn't it? you know it's, it's the reality of it really isn't yeah. it um, just got a question for you. Did you do boots when you was a YT? Did you clean anyone's boots? Yes, we um we got get we used to get what was it three off? If you remember Julian Dix, he managed yeah. actually non-league, didn't he? Yeah, he did, um, yeah. By the way, he he was I don't want to say hero, but he, he was the one player That's I really looked up to. Well, he played left back, and at the time I was playing left back, he yeah. was club club captain. Um, and he was idolised at West Ham. So I, I had Julian Dix, Frank McAvenny. Yes. Um, it was, yeah, it was a, was a player. He scored the goals. He, he, he lived the life and was a bit of a, 
um, pin-up himself with his long blonde hair and that. And uh, I had, it was a centre of Colin Foster, I think it was, a lad that West Ham had signed from, I want to say Brighton, but it might not have been, but... Yeah, yeah, I, I had them three. I can't remember the others, but they were the the main ones. Yeah. And you used to get Christmas bonuses and stuff like that. Do you know what? I didn't, Gino. Did you I, did, I, I can't remember. <laughs> you must getting have been them. bad at it. Then. <laughs> no, I weren't. I thought I was brilliant at it, but yeah, I didn't get them. Like, I think you just got lucky. Some players always weighed the YTS lads in, and unfortunately, yeah. some didn't. And I must have got all them. <laughs> yeah, shocking. Just my luck that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> So then they went through, obviously you went through the YTS system and got your first pro, the full pro deal. Do you remember how that sort of all came about and, and how was that, was that something that you were confident was going to come or? I, I, do you know what? It's a strange one because when you're a YTS lad, you are, you graft. Yeah. So we used to clean boots. Well, my first job in, in my first year, I used to have to clean 50 footballs in the shower. Like even if even if like in pre-season they didn't really get money, but I had to wash 50 footballs. So yeah. you're doing boots, you're doing footballs, you're doing the kit. We were painting the dressing rooms. We were around Chabalief, like doing the fencing. It was like you were grafting. So you didn't really ever think, right, I'm nailed on, because it was such a big job that you were doing, not just playing football, all the other stuff. And you was not. I don't want to say treated like a dog's body, but it, it was it, it was a lot more difficult then than it is now. Let me tell you. So. I wasn't ever overconfident with it. I always tried to train as hard as I could. Um, always played as hard as I could. Didn't want to leave anything on there. Do you know what I mean? I wanted to give it everything. Um, and I did I did well. I, look, it's easy for me to talk about it now and look back. But I did really well in the, in the youth team. I, I was playing left back, scoring loads of goals, which was obviously the West Ham way where we played out from the back and joined in. So looking back now, if I look back on myself doing it, I would say, yeah, I would have been confident that I would have got it. Yeah. But in that moment, I, I wouldn't have been. No. And did, I presume you, know, you saw a load of, load of great lads that didn't get, make it and didn't come through or the, yeah. the guys that were and, a few years above, maybe. Yeah, and, that, and that's, that's the thing that really stood out with me because, look, I, I've done interviews and, and people say I talk down on myself a little bit, but I knew what I was. I knew I wasn't a well-beater. I knew I didn't have blistering pace where I'm going to do tricks and go past people. Yeah. So, so maybe I was quite mature at that time. Yeah. So I recognised what I was. I, I knew I had to work really hard. I knew I had to work harder than anybody. I had a half-decent left foot, no right foot. But I, I thought from a young age, how am I going to get there? Because yeah. I looked around my youth team and there was players with way more ability than me um, that yeah. could go past people. So I just had to be more dedicated and work harder. And, and I made a conscious effort to have an haircut like this. So I looked a little <laughs> bit aggressive. Um, yeah, and it worked. So... But there was yeah. a load of good players that didn't get there. In, in my youth team, the years above, it was frightening. Yeah. I think that, We've heard that, that point, quite a lot, Lee, haven't exactly we? Exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, I think that point yeah. that um, just not not being sure and and it, that resonates a lot through people saying, I really knew what I wasn't great at um, or what where my strengths were and where they weren't. So it helped yeah. you to focus on that and, and drill down what you had to do. Yeah, I think, I think some certainly younger players that they, they and it, and look rightly so they 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 look at everything they they can do and they're good at which is right and obviously a lot of parents always say well done for them things. I'm with my lad. I, I don't over criticise it like a, like Gino said earlier. I want my lad to enjoy football. And if if the day he comes home and says look I don't want to go no more, I'd rather do tennis or 
yeah, that's yeah. fine me. I ain't got a problem with it. But um, yeah, I, I recognised what I could do better and, and what I was half decent at and then sort of stuck to that. Yeah. I think, like you say, you, you, the youngsters now look at the Cristiano Ronaldo's, the Messi's, and they sort of aspire to that. But, you know, not that's all That's a high bar, that one, isn't it? Yeah, that's a totally uh, like you say, <laughs> tricks and flicks and stuff. But just going so so you you've got your pro deal. How did you get your debut? Where did that come? Did you get a phone call saying right you're in the first team? How did that come about? Oh, do you know what? I didn't make it at West Ham first time round. So yeah. so what happened? I, I'd done really well in a youth team from from I think as a seventeen year old, I might have been just seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. I travelled with the first team. So I can remember the first time I travelled, um, it was unbelievable because it was obviously something that I'd always aspired to and it yeah. was away at Chelsea, at Stamford Bridge. Wow. Um, big game. So there I, there I was mixing with the big boys. They were playing cards on the way there, which was yeah. obviously too much for me to join in on, on the YTS <laughs> money. Um, and yeah, it was like a shock to my system. I remember being on the bus and there was a kitchen on it, which we're going back a lot of years. Yeah. Um, there was a chef on it going up and down. And I was sat behind, actually, the manager, Billy Bond, and the chef come along and lads were ordering food and that. And um, I've gone and ordered a cheese and ham toasty. Um, <laughs> big mistake. Real big mistake. Because Billy Bond's turned around and, well, I can't say exactly what he said, but it, it wasn't the right thing to order. Right. Because obviously, apparently the cheese wasn't a good thing. Um, whether that had a bearing on the fact that I didn't actually even get changed I don't know. Um, probably not. He was probably taking me for the experience. But, um, yeah, I didn't get stripped. But it was an experience that I'll never forget. So did, you, I didn't... did you used to mix in with the boys? Like, say, obviously, I know you, you're you very outgoing, good character. Did you, even at a young age like that, did you mix in with the, the older pros? Or did you just pretty much keep yourself to yourself? Yeah, I was, I was quite quiet, I suppose. I was. It's quite a intimidating yeah, thing to get involved with, even going in the first-team dressing room, like, yeah. used to have to knock and wait at the door so it was wow. quite intimidating once I got to 18 I um yeah us and well I think there was four lads that got pro in my youth team um yeah. I was like come on Christmas do we got to go so we ended up going on the, the Christmas do the first year of pro and yeah that was an experience <laughs> yeah. trying to keep up drinking with the big boys because obviously I hadn't really drunk up to that stage so <laughs> it's a tough one I'll give it a good go though give it a good go <laughs> Just don't speak to him on the side. Yeah, my day, my debut didn't come at West Ham. I was I was absolutely gutted because I'd signed a year pro, I think. Four four of my youth team got offered a year pro all the same. So I'd signed that and then obviously I'd travelled a few times. I was doing really well playing in the reserves, which isn't like the 23s now. You were playing with first team players. I I played in yeah. reserve team with Liam Brady. Like uh, he's an absolute legend. He played in the reserves at West Ham, wow. which you don't see now, do you? But um so, so I was doing really well. And then the second year, we all got offered another year. Yeah. Um, and it not, look, I weren't giving it big time or anything because obviously we weren't on a lot of money. I was just a little bit aggrieved that we all got offered a year when I see myself at that stage slightly ahead of the rest. Yeah. Um, and, and I sort of pulled it up and said, look, why am I getting offered a, a year and why are we all getting offered the same? And then an agent got involved and rang me and then told me that Swindon wanted me, which... Um, they were in the league below, I think, but it was Glenn Oddle and yeah. a fella that is the best bloke I've ever met in football, lad, a fella called John Gorman. I don't know if yeah. you've heard of John. He, he went on and managed Wickham and he, he'd, rang, he'd, he'd been the youth team manager at Orient. Right. So yeah. while I was doing my YTS, so he was obviously aware of what I was capable of and he just rang me and said, would you come to Swindon? 
So yeah. I went in the boot room, um, went in the boot room, got a black bag, put my boots in, walked out the front door of, of Chapel Heath. All the staff were sat there and I said, look, I'm off. And Billy really? Bond said, what would you Yeah, it was, it was tough for me because I had to make a stance because they didn't want to offer me anything else. They didn't want to... They didn't want to entertain it, so I thought, right, I'm going to have to make a make a stand for myself here. So, it, it was look against what I'm really like, so I'm not like that. But I just yes. thought, right, I'm going to make this decision. So, yeah, I got my bag, walked past the staff table, went see you later, everyone. I'm off. Thanks for everything. Billy sort of followed me out the door and said, "What do you mean? Where are you going?" I went, "Oh, I'm going to Swindon." And he said, "Oh, what they offered you?" What? I said, "Look, it's too late now. Yeah. It's too late." Happen, and by the way, they offered me exactly the same. Yeah, they offered me really, yeah. Yeah, exactly the same, but it was more principal for me. And looking yeah. back, looking back, it was the best thing I did because I think sometimes when you come through a club from the youth team into first year pro, I just think sometimes it's a little bit more difficult to get that chance. Yeah. You yeah. become the woodwork and obviously they've, they've got money to bring players in. And, and I think it was the best thing I did because would have I ever played for West Ham? I think it had been tough because like I said, Julian Dick was there who was a West Ham legend. You had Chris Hewton, George Paris, all played left-back. Yeah. So, in hindsight, I think looking back, it was the best thing I did. Yeah. So, you, you say that Glenn Hodder was there, did you say, at Swindon? Yeah, Glenn was manager at Swindon. I, I would like to say that he was the one that wanted me, but I know it's not. Um, <laughs> John Gorman. Uh, yeah. To be fair, I was there a long time, and I think it might have been a little... He'd have obviously seen me in the youth team. Um, and again, it just, like we talk about the fate and the, the circumstances and the opportunity. I went to Swindon and um, the left-back, Paul Bowden, got injured more or less straight away. Bad injury. So I was thrown in at the deep end. Was I ready for first-team football? Probably not. I wasn't really, at this stage, I'd, I'd got a little bit taller, so I weren't as strong as I was in younger years. And I just got thrown in the deep end because they had no one else. That's what so, yeah. And again, that's that opportunity. It was a bit of luck, a bit of fortune, and I did really well. And obviously played in the first team from that moment on. And did yeah. you manage you... to lean on people for support there? Did, were there players that sort of um, took you under their wing? Or... Yeah, we, we had we had a, a good squad. We had, Mickey Hazard was there. You must remember Mickey from Tottenham. He was an unbelievable footballer. Obviously, Glenn was playing. Glenn was player manager. He played sweeper. Um, we had we had Martin Ling, Ross McLaren. We had some good good pros there, who who helped me. And to be fair, I was going into a team that was doing quite well, which helped. Yeah. So yeah. I had good players, and, and we generally had more possession than who we played against. So um, we played three five two. So I played left wing back at the time. Um, so Glenn used to say, "Look, go high and wide, stay out on the line." And he used to just step in and ping the ball on the chest like it was scary. And <laughs> It was, a, it was a great learning experience for me. Do you, do you remember your, your debut like for, for Swindon? Do you remember getting... How does it work? Do, do they give you a call and say, right, this is this you're going to be starting this week? Or was it in training? Yeah, it, it, about? yeah it told me. Normally, they, they tell you the, the day before on the Friday. So, obviously, you build up the week. And then Paul Bowden must have got injured on the Thursday. So, on the Friday, I got called across to train with the first team. Yeah. Um, so, from that moment... You start counting numbers, don't you? So you're looking at. Uh, oh, I could be in the squad here. Um, if obviously if there's 25 over there and they're doing 11 v 11 or whatever they want to do, then then you're obviously over there for them reasons. But on that Friday, I remember thinking, this ain't a massive amount of people here. So I, I started thinking I could be involved. And then after training, they said I was John come up to me and said, look, you're travelling. Um, again, I didn't read too much into that because 
obviously bottled up in at West Ham. I, I travelled, didn't get changed. So um, it was away at Portsmouth. Still remember it. Um, gone down to Portsmouth. I didn't start the first one, actually. Someone else, I think, had played left back. So they put an older lad in initially. Um, but then I, I went on. Um, I think got injured in the game, actually, and went on um, midway through the first half, I think it was. Um, yeah. And did well. I think I set the goal up as well, which was, I don't know, again, luck or... Yeah, were you really, really nervous? Or yeah. Confident? Yeah, you... uh, yeah, I was. I, I, I'd love to say I weren't and be this hard man. But, yeah, it was nervous. Just the, the sheer amount of people there, I think. Obviously, it's a massive occasion. You don't want to let people down. Yeah. This is what I've strived to do for, for, for as long as I've known. So yeah. for that moment to then be there, I think even maybe going on as sub was even more daunting because obviously you're waiting to go on and I, I was nervous, yeah. But once I was involved, it, it was weird. Once you're involved in the game and um, you make your first pass or do something well, then you sort of forget about everything else. Yeah. How, did, was, you manage, how did you deal with, obviously, the fans and the pressure from away fans? And if you're playing out wide, you're right on the line, aren't you? So I imagine they're giving you either... Yeah, do you know what? It's a, it's a weird one because obviously there's thousands of more people at the pro game. I found it more daunting when I started playing non-league right. because you can hear you can hear everyone. Yeah. So yeah. when they say something, you can hear them, and, and the everyone else can hear. Them. <laughs> yeah. Normally, when when there's loads of people in the stadium, you don't really hear it as much unless they're singing a song about you, obviously. But yeah, I, I think it was more daunting in the non-league scene. Really. So yeah, generally as as I as I progressed and did quite well, I think it just become normal. I suppose it's a bit more yeah. personal in the non-league as well, isn't it? You know, they're, they're there. Yeah. It's just another bloke on the side of the field, isn't it? Yeah. I've had a few rows non-league with, not rows, but banter with non-league crowds. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't remember where one was. I think it might have been over where. Right. And um, yeah, lad was absolutely battering me. Um, <laughs> yeah. You has been, what you've done? I went, hang on a minute, mate. You're still paying to watch me. Um, so, so, and then, he, then I, to be fair, he kept on and on and on. He was with a group of lads and I... um. I give it the big, and it's not like me, by the way. And by the way, this ain't true. So I turned around and said, look, mate, can we get on? Can we just get on? I said, after, we'll have a few beers. You can come back to my house, and we'll have a swim and that, and have a game of swim. And it was giving it the big, because I didn't have a swimming pool, by the way. But all, all his mates started laughing and battered him, so that was it. Move on. Yeah. So, so, obviously, you, um, you, you've done well at Swindon. And, and what, what happened after that? Yeah, Swindon, I was there a long time. I was thankful for the club, really, because... Obviously, I went there as, as quite a young boy from leaving West Ham, which broke my heart. I'm not going to lie. And um, they, got, they gave me the chance. I was there six, six, seven years, maybe, in the end. Um, yeah. We had progressed, got into the Premiership, um, which, again, was massive for me because I'd, I'd only just finding my feet in, in first team football. And then, all of a sudden, I'm catapulted into the Premier League and yeah. playing the biggest clubs. It was, it was unbelievable. It was tough because we struggled. We, we didn't invest loads of money and buy big-name players, which you can see it today. You had to do it back then. You had to spend money to survive. Um, so it was tough, but it was probably real good timing for me. Yeah. Um, as a learning experience, playing against the best players in the country, obviously foreign lads by this stage started coming over. Yeah. Um, so although it was tough and at times I struggled, yeah. I think I grew so much in that season. Really? Um, and we, we look, we, we conceded over 100 goals, which yeah. is, isn't great. Do, do you think the championship to the premiership was just a massive jump at that time? Yeah, yeah, I, I think it is. I, I just don't think that gap will ever be, be bridged yeah. as such. It's just massive. Yeah. Um, 
but it, it was an unbelievable experience. And although we went down and, like I said, conceded a lot of goals, I'd done okay. People yeah. were still still being complimentary about me being quite a young lad and, and old in his own in, in the Premier League. So it probably stood me in good stead. And I stayed at Swindon. We, we'd got relegated. Um, we even went down another tier, actually. But I'd done really well. I'd, by this stage, been moved in, into midfield where I began to score goals. Um, yeah. Glenn and John had left by this stage and Steve McMahon um, ex-Liverpool player come in as player manager and yeah. at, that, at that moment I, I got a little bit of experience by then I was about 23, 24 I sort of come of age I was scoring goals I was not that young kid anymore I was a bit more yeah. mature I knew the game a little bit more and scoring goals which obviously everyone wants goal scoring midfielders um, yeah so, yeah, then that was when offers started coming in for me. And then the, yeah. next, the next move was then around 97 to Man City, wasn't it? That was a big one. Yeah, yeah. And, and to be fair, Stephen Marm was brilliant for me. Um, he was one of them lads. Some lads didn't like him. Okay. Some lads loved him. I, I loved him. And look, it probably helps that I was playing. Yep. I think the lads that didn't like him were generally the ones that weren't. But he, he just took to me. He probably see something in me, moving me into midfield alongside him. Um and maybe see something. He told me he was he was unbelievable in in terms of player management. He let me know what was happening and what was going on. He used to pull me in before the game on a Saturday and said, "Look, I want to tell you because you need to know. There's loads of clubs here." And he said, "Look, this club's here, that club's there." He listed them and said, "Go out there and play your socks off." Because I've, I've well, Swindon were in in a position where they needed money, yeah. so I was probably at the time a sellable asset from. So he, he was honest with me. He pulled me in and told me about everything. And uh, the move come about, we'd played Wolves, actually. I think it was on the Tuesday or Wednesday away. We'd come back. I obviously got home quite late. And I'd been, I felt rough. I, I was at a temperature and all that. Um, and then Steve McMahon rang me the next morning and said, look, we've had a bid from Birmingham um, and a bid from Manchester City that we've accepted. So I was like, because I, I didn't really know how it worked because obviously when I left West Ham, it was... Me walking out. Door, yeah. yeah, it wasn't, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't someone offering money for me. It wasn't done in that way. So I, I didn't know what happened. Um, I don't, didn't know what the protocol was. You so, didn't have an agent at this point either, no? No. Said, no. Okay. Yeah. No, I'd had a few contact me, obviously, because I was getting a few headlines with scoring goals and that. But I, I sort of said, look, I don't need them. Yeah. Um, so Steve rang me and said, look, if I was you, I'd go up to Manchester City. Um, I said, well, why is that? He said, look, it's an unbelievable club and... He had been there for a couple of years. He said, look, go up, speak to him, and then see what happens. So um, I, had, I had a sponsored car, Mazda, white Mazda, hairdresser's car. It was shocking. Um, but it had my name down the side of it. So I've left. I've got in the, in, in the car with the missus, and we're heading to Manchester. Ne I'd never been to Manchester, by the way. I didn't know where it was. I, look, I'm right. just in this car. Yeah. So I'm driving up there. And then Steve McMahon rang me. He said, look, whatever you do, Keep it quiet. Don't tell anyone you're going up now. I'm yes. like, oh no. Like I'm in a sponsored Mazda here. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think there was other bids coming in. So, he wouldn't admit a kid, but obviously, I just went up there, um, met the chairman, Franny Lee. Frank Clark was manager at the time in a hotel. Look, um, I, I weren't never, if I'm honest. I, it's really difficult. I, even to this day, I hate talking about money. Um, yeah. Yeah when you get offered jobs and whatever, I hate talking about money. So whatever they offered me, I was going to sign for. So yeah, we went up in the Motcham Hall Hotel, which was quite plush. 
sat in, around the table. Yep, we'll give you this for, I think it was a four-year deal, the first one. Um, yep, fine. That's fine. We went out, had Sanctuary. Um, Franny Lee and Frank Clark got like a couple of bottles of champagne and Nice. But obviously, I weren't, fe- I weren't feeling well. So I was like, no, no, I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, yeah. we, had, we ended up having to stay over, which was quite funny because, I, again, I weren't anticipating all this. I thought I was going to go up, talk, come home, and then we'll sort it out another time. But because I said, yep, I'm going to sign, I had to stay up and have a medical the next day. So I got the plushest room you've ever seen, by the way. <laughs> this, this room unbelievable, right? So we walk in. I had, it was like I had an entrance. Then I had like a dining room. I had... Uh, four poster bed in the bedroom, jacuzzi. It was unbelievable. This room, really? and I and I thought, you know what? I've arrived here. Yeah. I <laughs> I have arrived. I've done it. So we're sitting on this four poster bed, me and the missus. And I thought, right, I put the telly on, on teletext. Obviously, this is how long ago it was. I went, I'll see if there's anything on there because I, I was unaware what they'd paid yeah, for me. I was unaware. Thing. I was so naive. I've just look, all I want to do is play football here. Um, <laughs> so I'm sitting on this four poster bed, put teletext on. And it, and it come up, Hallock signs for Man City. And as I've gone to click on it to look at it, it flipped onto another page. So I had to wait for about five minutes for it to come back <laughs> down. <laughs> oh, it was shocking. So when it come back, like, I read it and I was like, um, Hallock signs from Swindon at Man City for 1.5 million. And I was like, my jaw, I was like, ah. wow. I, yeah. I, like I, I've never, yeah. look, money's ridiculous now, but that was a lot of money back then. Oh, and, uh, loads of money. Yeah. and I, I, I thought 1.5 million is a big amount back then, isn't it? 97, it was massive. Yeah. I don't know what the record fee was. I think it might have been Shearer, but like, from I was looking at thinking, I'm not worth that. Why, why are they, paying, <laughs> why are they paying this money for me? But yeah, it shocked me. But then we stayed over. I went for the medical the next day, and um, when I come because I had to stay over the next day as well. So we went back to the hotel and. I weren't in that room again. Once I'd signed that contract, I was in a box room that I could turn the bar from from sitting on the bed. <laughs> so, but look, that's how it is, I suppose. Kev, how does it work with, um, with obviously, when you get bought by a football club, do you have to, do you buy a house or do you rent for a little while and see how things go? How did you yeah. work? Yeah, I think it's changed drastically now. I think clubs like Man City now, have some, they have a team of people that are, yeah. employed to do that look after players I, I i sorted out myself i sorted out myself i asked who did i ask i think i might have asked the assistant manager um where should i live and he I said live? oh this is this is a good area yeah so i did a little bit of homework myself and just rented a house yeah um we had two children at the time so we they were still quite young actually so we had yeah we we rented a house we we got the keys within a week we was in a hotel for a week and then yeah we sort of got all the stuff from down in Tricklade in Wiltshire, um, yeah. travelled up and that was us, moved in, rented. For, I think I rented for six months initially yeah. and then, then bought a place, yeah. And you were there for, for a good few years, weren't you? A good six or seven years as well. Back that yeah, time, you? yeah I, ended, I ended up staying there for seven years um, and I still had two years left when I left. Right. Um, yeah. but I'll, I'll explain that later. But <laughs> yeah, again, I look back now and I pinch myself albeit it's not the Man City that we see today. Um, yeah. It's quite nice how well they've done because I can say that I played for arguably the best team in England at the minute. 100%. Nearly. A little bit behind, but almost. <laughs> what, what, what was it like with your missus and stuff? Obviously, did you have a chat? Or was it literally like, all right, we're off. We've got a great opportunity. Was she always... Did she always yeah. back the move? Uh, yeah, always back me, to be fair yeah. to her. Um, and it is quite tough. Not many people talk about it
Whereas my, obviously we had two young children at the time. My, my missus had always lived in Swindon. Um, yeah. So she was a bit of a home girl. Um, so that was the first time she'd moved away from home. And it was tough because we had two young children. Obviously I was at football, albeit I was home in the afternoons, but um, we didn't know anyone. And to be fair, we kept ourselves to ourselves. We, yeah. I weren't into going out like a lot of lads did back then. I, I sort of kept myself to myself and obviously spent a lot of time with the kids and missus, but it was just us four at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, it, yeah, look, it was quite lonely at times. And it must have been for my wife because obviously I, I could go to football and, and play the clown in the football yeah. circle, do you know what I mean? And, and, and let my hair down and, and be who I wanted to be. But it was tough. And, and to be fair, even going forward from there, we've moved, I don't know what it is, about 12 times in football. Um, sure. And it then does become, looking back now, it becomes tough for the kids as well as they get yeah. older. Yeah, that's why yeah. they start making their friends. Which, and... I know, I, yeah, I know it's more now. Um, we're settled in in Colchester now, but up until then, it was I noticed that it was it was difficult for them because they would start schools and then we'd be off to another club and then they got to make new for it. and it and it probably ends up where they've probably not got loads of friends. Yeah. I know that sounds quite sad, but yeah, no, it's, it's... because you move and you go into different schools, you, you you don't stay close to many people. Yeah, yeah, and that, again, that's one of the things that is probably never spoke about. It's not even considered by a lot of people, is it? Is that if you do make it, it's not just you as a single bloke going to, to live the dream, is it? No, 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 to be fair now, it's financially, you're sorted for life and, yeah. and, yeah. and more. Um, so that sacrifice is, is probably not really looked upon after, but it, it is tough. It is really tough. I think my kids, if they, if they were brutally honest with me, probably said it was really tough. Yeah. And, and did look, you get you much, do... sorry, I didn't mean to jump in there. Did you mean, did you get much hassle from the media? Did you, did you have reporters, hunting you down and no not really like like i said i kept myself to myself so i weren't involved in any of the outside football stuff yeah i, it, I was and, and i go back to it again i weren't a superstar so um at the time when i was at man city the team just over at trafford was um quite a big club yeah. they were <laughs> obviously winning the treble and they had the stars not us so yeah they took all that limelight away from you know a lot of nights out and stuff obviously manchester crazy city especially for nightlife and stuff like that did you did you ever meet up with any of the Manchester United players was that something that the, the lads done or was it kept not separate? really not really they, they they mix a little bit more now don't they yeah. um, but at that time as look it's, it would hurt Man City, Manchester City fans but we, yes. we weren't in the same we weren't in the same league even when we were in the Premier League we yeah. wasn't on a level playing field so we didn't have loads of internationals so them lads probably didn't know many Man U players other than yeah. playing against them. And uh, look, they, they were massive, weren't they? Let's have it right. Beck, Skulls yeah. and yeah. all that. Lot. They, they probably looked down at us, if I'm totally honest. <laughs> um, yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's different now, isn't it? You think about Man City, you see Man City players always with uh, United players. Um, yeah, you see it a lot now, don't you? Well, I think it's all changed, isn't it? Like, obviously, the, the drinking culture is so different now. A lot oh. of the top top players won't go out and drink like obviously back in the day. Oh, back in the day, mate, it was nuts. It, it, like I look back now, and I, I, I used to get involved now and again, but not like some of them. And it was unbelievable. How could have they been if they didn't do the? It was unbelievable. You had yeah. Monday club, Tuesday club. It was Sundays. It was, it was, it was too much, mate. Yeah. Looking back, it was it was a great 
great time, like, to be fair. But yeah. looking back now, like giving yourself the best chance to be as good as you can, we probably yeah. didn't. Yeah. Even, even away on international duty, it was the first thought, if we were meeting up on a, on a Monday morning, the lads would meet on a Sunday to have a beer together. Right. Um, yeah. Which is great for togetherness, I suppose. You can look yeah. at it, but that was, that was probably our slant on it. Um, yeah, togetherness and team, yeah, team bonding. But, <laughs> yeah, at times it was too much. And yeah. how, how did that, just that, the internationals, obviously, how, how did the first, do you remember your first international call-up? Do you remember how that came about? Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. Um, my grandparents, um, one from Southern Ireland and one from Belfast. Okay. So it was when I was at Swindon, like I say, I was doing quite well, I was scoring goals and uh, um, John Gorman pulled me in and said, look, we've had a phone call from Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland asking if, if you would obviously go and, go and play for them. So I was like, "What? Oh, this is a bit weird, this. So I wasn't expecting it. Um, I went home and spoke to my family and then decided to play for Northern Ireland. Um, loved it. Loved it. It was unbelievable experience. There was a bit of a drinking culture. I'm not going to lie. There was great lads, real characters. Um, but my first game was, was against England. Was it? The International. Uh, Hillsborough. Yeah, it was. They obviously don't do the B Internationals now, do they? But... Um, it was some experience. I think Rule Fox played in it. Chris Sutton. There, there was there was a few that went on to, to have really really good careers, um, and did okay in it. And then obviously got a full call up. I think probably about a month later. Yeah, fantastic. You know when you're on international duty, do they? I mean, they must look after you, and the the preparations going into an international game must just be absolutely huge. So it's a completely different level. Yeah, and again that has that has evolved and 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 is in a different playing field now. But even yeah. back then, it was good. You obviously got your doctor, you got two physios, you got all your kit men, everything for you. Yeah. Um, the training facilities were unbelievable, although there wasn't all the time in Northern Ireland, if I'm totally honest. But um, yeah. It, it, yeah, it, was, it was just nice, you know, to get away and, and you're seeing different football and playing in, obviously, against some of the... We always drew that Spain and Germany. So I'm playing against unbelievable players. Um, yeah. And it was tough. It was tough because we weren't blessed with a massive squad of, of top top players um, we were all very similar to myself we were doing okay but we weren't that top level and when you're coming up against Germany's and Italy's and Spain's we worked hard yeah. we worked hard and I'm probably going back to what I said at the very start we worked hard and we stuck together and did all the rubbish stuff that that maybe some players don't like doing yeah yeah you know when you hear that national anthem and that must that surely that must be the proudest moment of your your career to play national you know to play for your national team it, it was unbelievable and yeah and, and obviously I'll get ribbed a little bit for it because they go well well I can't hear your Irish accent so then I make I make a joke saying yeah but you won't see me drink Guinness uh, yeah it's a weird one I I got battered for it saying oh you're not even Irish but look at the end of the day they they asked me to play for them and yeah. my my I'm proud of where my grandparents are from. So, yeah. yeah, it was really proud to pull that shirt on and and hear the national anthem. It was it was special, real special. Um, and I've loved I loved every minute of it. Did your grandparents yeah. get to any of the games? No, they didn't. Unfortunately, my, my my grandparents had passed away before that had happened. So, yeah, I wish I wish it had happened, but unfortunately, it hadn't. And my dad my dad didn't even come and see me, believe it or not, because my dad wouldn't get on a, an aeroplane. Right. So yeah, he never come across to see me. My mum, my mum come a bit, and, and my wife come over with the kids. But yeah, yeah. just on um, obviously going back to Man City. So do you want to talk a little bit about the playoff? Yeah, playoff final. It's probably 
Yeah, it was, again, you talk about Manchester City and obviously what they've achieved since. At that point, it was the lowest place they'd ever been. Yeah. Um, it was an unbelievable football club. The moment I walked in there, like the crowds, we it was just, they was obsessed. There was 32,000 sellout. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we had dropped down, we had dropped down to the third tier, by the way, of football. Yeah. Um, and they, they still turn up. Week on, we playing teams like York, Macclesfield, Wrexham, and yeah, and yeah. the stadium was full. It was incredible. The worse we got, the better their support become. It, it was unbelievable. And um, that year we 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 struggled at, at first. We 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 were finding ourselves. I think it was about 12th, 14th in the in the table, yeah. um, come yeah. Christmas. And we travelled over to to Wrexham on Boxing Day, and we won the game one nil. Um, and from that moment, we we. I don't think we lost another game or we were close to not. And we just unbelievable amount of points together. Um, just missed out. I think Walsall went up as champions right. um, that year. And we obviously fell into the playoffs. Um, yeah. We were massive favourites. We were a massive club in that division. Everybody wanted to see us lose, right. obviously. Yeah. Um, and we had played Gillingham in the final. No one gave Gillingham a chance. And it was the worst game of football you have ever seen, Rest by the way. There was no, no football play. It was horrendous. Um, Unbelievable playing at the Twin Towers. Obviously, as a kid, that was I watched FA Cups and everything there, and and hoped that one day I would play there. Um, I was hoping it was an FA Cup final, not a League Two playoff. But <laughs> beggars can't be choosers, can they? So, uh, yeah, it was it was a rubbish game, and I think they went one nil up with about 20 minutes to go, maybe. Um, so I'm thinking, oh, we're still winning it because we did have players that could win games of football. Then they go two nil up, right. and I'm looking, thinking, we've blown this. We have yes. blown this game. I, I remember 2-0, they kicked it down far end, away from the tunnel end, um, and their two centre-halves were cuddling each other, jumping up on the centre spot. And I looked at them and I thought, well, I can't say what I was thinking, but <laughs> oh, do you know what? Yeah, we've blown it. We're, we're going to have to play York, no disrespect to York, Macclesfield and all that again. Um, and then on 90th, in the 90th minute or 89th minute, I, I pulled one back, so it was 2-1. Um, if I'm totally honest, I thought it was a consolation. Okay. I yeah. thought at least I can tell my grandkids that I played and scored at Wembley. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Paul Dickoff, a certain Paul Dickoff scored in the 93rd minute. Wow. Um, very, very, it's mad. Very similar to the timings of it. Jekko's goal and Aguero's to win the title in 2012 are yeah. very similar. Right. Um, yeah, Paul Dickoff scored an equaliser on 93 minutes, took it to extra time, which again, nothing happened. And then it went to a penalty shootout. Um, and we won. Game on. So it was. Take a yeah, I took the first one. I took the first you really one. So took the first one as well. Stepped up. Yeah, it was... look, I'd, I'd, I took quite a few penalties in the season. I'd missed a couple. I'll be totally was honest. You but the penalty taker then to take the first one was you. The... Yeah, the... I, I, I had been that season. Um, yeah. yeah. Look, looking back, I'd never have a left foot on a penalty because <laughs> I missed a few. <laughs> I must. Admit, I missed a few, but um, I was quite confident, but. That day, I was nervous, yeah, really yeah. nervous. I, I'll never forget it. The walk up from the halfway line to, to take it. It was at the Man City end, but it, the, obviously they were waving flags. And I'm walking up thinking, oh, my God, I've got to score here. I can't let all these people down. Um, my wife was there with the kids and my mum and dad were there. And, yeah, I felt the pressure that day. And I can see it. I, I've, I've not watched the whole game back, but I've seen clips of the goal and the penalty and I can see the fear in my face yeah, yeah. I, I've lost colour I look gaunt I, I, I can tell I'm scared and the penalty was was an average one if I'm totally honest I, I sort of was in about six minds 
So as I was running up to it, I was like, right, yeah, place it left, place it right, go down the middle, smash it, place <laughs> it. And in the end, I sort of went to the keeper's, well, as I'm looking to the left, it weren't in the corner. Um, yeah. I had a little stutter up as well, but lucky enough, he went the wrong way. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, hopefully my lad's not going to watch this interview because I told my lad that I sort of just hesitated, waiting for him to go. <laughs> but I did. I did. Oh, I <laughs> the keeper had gone the right way, he definitely saved it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then how did that did it go sudden death then penalties or did you just the boys win oh, I, I, yeah I took first one and scored um, to be fair Gillingham's penalties were shocking uh-huh. I think they only scored one out of five so they missed a target on one a couple would straight down the middle um, Nicky Weaver saved a few so it was quite comfortable in the end yeah, um, yeah. yeah and then bizarrely bizarrely it was no celebrations I went home I went home I got in a taxi with my wife and I had a couple of friends come as well, and I went back to Swindon. Right. And yeah. the bus went back to Manchester. Yeah, it was pretty low key. Yeah, just Look. a question on that one. You know, when you, I always think this with footballers, especially a, a game like that, you've just played at Wembley, you've won the game. How do you go home and just, uh, you know, just go to go to bed or just sit on your sofa? Well, to be fair, I, I did go out for Santa Week with my wife and yeah. the, the couple we went with. Um, it was one of them. It was a strange one that year because we, we had took this club down to its lowest ebb um, yeah. and we had a duty to, to get them back up, which would have then been to the championship. Right. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't really a celebration. It was something that had to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there weren't... Oh, look, the fans were ecstatic and they look back now and, and it's quite embarrassing when I go to Manchester now and again to games and I'm, I'm seen as some sort of hero because obviously I scored in that game and... It, yeah, I, I find it quite awkward. My, my lad don't understand it. Obviously, he was unaware of it all. And he's going, why do they love you so much? I went, oh, it's a long story. But it was something that, that as players, we, we felt that we... Look, we took them to that place. So we, it was something that had to happen. And lucky enough, we did it because it wasn't always straightforward. So, yeah, I went back to Swindon, went out to Sanctuary. And um, it was quite funny, actually. I was out in an Italian restaurant with my wife and two friends that we went out with. And we, the, the restaurant was quite busy. So I've sat down. Um, ordered a couple of drinks and as I'm pouring drinks I've turned and I've seen the lad behind me he's got a Man City top on right. like, yeah the tracksuit he had like a tracksuit on like, and I thought, <laughs> so I've tapped, I've, I've tapped him on the shoulder I went mate it was decent today wasn't it and it, the shock on his face was so funny like, because bearing in mind <laughs> he, he Manchester he couldn't get a ticket for the game so he's drove to his mate who lives in Swindon wow. to stay there the weekend and have a, have a night out so yeah. he's like, he was like, what are you doing here? I went, hang on a minute, what are you doing here? It was, it was unbelievable. It was like, he, he must still remember because it was, it was quite bizarre. Like, because why would I be in Swindon? Obviously, I would just play at Wembley. Yeah. Yeah, at, not, like the circumstance was unbelievable. But yeah, I didn't pay for many drinks that night in the restaurant. <laughs> I was talking out a few drinks, which was the right touch. Did you find, um, did you find that you got sort of, how were fans and people when you went out and about? Because obviously you, you were known in and around. Was that something yeah, that you had to work I've, on? I, do you know what? I've never had it at any other clubs apart from Manchester. Right. Um, a lot, of, and, and people joke about it a lot, don't they, saying, um, Man U fans come from all over the world and, all that, and everyone in Manchester are blues. And Look, there's, there's both in Manchester, but there is a lot of blues in Manchester. So yeah. I only really had it when I was either shopping in Manchester or... Or if we went out for a few beers in Manchester, then yeah, anywhere else I wouldn't. If I, I had it a few times going on holiday, I suppose in airports, but again, I was flying from Manchester, so I never had it. If obviously I was in London or when I was at West Ham, no, obviously in London you've got a lot more clubs and 
in Manchester, it was it weren't a problem. Look, I didn't want to be like a big star, and I often see David Beckham with with Victoria out shopping because they live quite local to us. They got hounded. Like if they go if Marks and Spencers, they got yeah. everyone in the shop asking for photographs. So it, I look, I didn't get to that level. Let me tell. I I did the odd photograph and odd autograph, but. That was about it. So it wasn't really a, tough, a problem. A tough life, that, just that next level. I mean, it is a next level, but just that next level of player. You know, they, yeah, uh, I just, yeah. It, it's unbelievable. They scrutinise everything they do. Yeah. Like a friend of mine used to, to work for David Beckham and do, do his cars and all that. He, before he drove out of his drive with Bex in the boot and all that, I've heard stories of that. Like, yeah. yeah, it must be bizarre. Every time you step out, you're having pictures taken here and... It yeah. must get draining. Yeah. I must admit, it must do, mustn't it? Go, I know yeah. from, from from the other side, you look at it and think, oh, I'd love to be like that. That famous, that must be. But it must be tough. Yeah, for a couple yeah. of days it will, right? Every minute of every day when you're, when you're, you're doing food shopping and getting petrol and, yeah. But well, Beckham done that. Um, I don't know if any of you saw it. He's, he done that motorbike trek, didn't he, out in through the friends. jungle? Yeah, with his friends. And he went yeah. into a, a little cafe and no one recognised him. And he's, yeah. he just sat there. He could order some food and he just said, this is... This is weird. This is the first, first time, time. Yeah. that I've been able to do that. And you don't think about that, do you? You know, people don't realise that. But oh, it must be mad, mustn't it? So, yeah. so then, did he not? Did he? Did he not tell him who he was? No, I don't, mean, <laughs> I don't know about the camera crew standing next to him. <laughs> oh, I love so that. You obviously you were gone from from Man City then, um, and then how did the move back to West Ham come about? It was. Um, I said, to be fair, I'd signed a new deal at Man City. I, I, I still had two years left. Um, and we'd got into to, uh, the European Cup through fair play or something that year. Um, so we was actually going to the Etihad to play TNS okay. in, a, in, a, in a European game. And we had trained in the morning, I think. And then we were going to the hotel in the afternoon. So the, the coach arrived at the training ground. And as I was getting on the coach, Arthur Cox, who was um, Kevin Keegan's assistant, he said, oh, Gaffer wants you in his office. So I was thinking, oh, it's a bit weird. What's that about? What have I done? I ain't done nothing. <laughs> um, so I went up there and he just said, um, look, West Ham have rang and they want you. They, we've agreed a fee and what do you want to do? Yeah. So again, I'd, I'd been at Swindon a long time. Um, obviously, I'd only had the move to Man Manchester City. So I thought, God, here we go then. What do I do here? What do I do? So he said, look, just speak to the manager. So Glenn Rhoda rang me into Kevin Keegan's office and said, look, I want to bring you down here. What do you reckon? So I, I put the phone down and said, look, let me get back to you. And I, I said to Kevin Keegan, I said, I've got two years left here. What's, what, how do you see it? Do, yeah. First and foremost. I, obviously, I didn't want to sit around in Manchester and not be in his plans, albeit yeah. I was on half-decent money at this stage. And financially, it wasn't a great move for me to go to West Ham. But in my heart... I was a West Ham fan yeah. from quite a young age. So, and I never got to play from the, the, the time before. So in my heart, I wanted to go. So I sort of went with that. Kevin Keegan was quite honest with me. He said, look, you, you've done really well this year. I think I got runner-up in player of the year that year. He said, we've got a young Joey Barton coming through the system who yeah, had travelled with us. And, and he just said, look, you might not play as much as you did this year. Right. He said, you yeah. are going to be involved, but I want to give Joey minutes as well. And I just thought, you know what? I don't want to be a bit part player. Yeah. It's probably right for me to now leave. Not just for me. I think it was probably right for the club. Um, I'd been there quite a while. And obviously the opportunity to go to West Ham was 
one that was still burning inside of me because I didn't play for the first time around. Yeah. 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 yeah so did they, to, did they have to pay for a fee for you? Was it? Was it a free? Yeah, I think it was three hundred thousand. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether it's hundred and fifty, and then a certain. I, I can't really remember, but um, I obviously still had quite a bit of time left on my contract at Manchester City. So Keegan said, "Look, I'll give you this amount if you're going to go to make it a little bit easier to make the difference up." Um, yeah. And off I went, mate. Off I went. Got on a got on a plane down to to London Airport. That, that is um, time, isn't it? If you're going on a plane from Manchester, it's a little bit, isn't it? I did think that. <laughs> but, um, it it no, wasn't expensive. It makes me laugh because you're talking like about Keegan, and you think. You know what? What a big, big manager he was, and the way you're just talking about him there is it's pretty crazy. <laughs> Again, he was he was another. I was lucky to play for really good managers. Yeah, you played some great managers. Yeah, and 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 obviously Kevin Keegan as a player, who's someone that I looked at and idolised because of what he achieved. And yeah. I'm not going to lie to you, Gino. He, he joined in on a Friday in the five sides and was still arguably the best player on the pitch. Was he really? He was. He, 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 really? he was brilliant for me. He was honest. That's what I really took from him. He was straight yeah. down the line, told you how it was, even if it weren't what you wanted to hear, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and be honest. And I think I've tried to take that into my manage, managing career. Um, yeah. I remember when he first came in, he, we, we had um, gone down to Norwich. I was actually leaving. I was going to sign for Ipswich. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to play Norwich, or well, sub. And then I was going to stay down and speak to Ipswich. Um, yeah. One of the players got injured. Jeff Whitley broke his leg, I think, in the game. So I've gone on at half-time, just after half-time. Um, did quite well. Um, on the way back, Keegan went, look, you're not going to be able to speak to Ipswich now because obviously Jeff injured. He said, and by the way, you're a lot better than I thought you would be. <laughs> That's what he said to me. I laughed. Like, I, I laughed. Yeah, yeah. But he was just being honest. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. he hadn't seen a lot of me. And he said, you're a lot better than I thought you were. Wow. Um, and then, then he gave me a new deal, Good which man. for me, I just thought, you know what? Fair play to you yeah. for being yeah. honest enough to say, you're better than I thought you was. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, I just took to him and he was always honest with me and yeah, it weren't a problem. I'd, I didn't burn any bridges. I sort of left with my head held high. I'd, I'd give everything I could for, for Manchester City and moved on to West Ham. But as the saying goes, they say don't ever go back, don't they? And, yeah. Oh, was there a bit of that? I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have looking back, but it was one of them. I'm glad I did for... Sentimental. I've I, I played for West Ham. I've Played under the lights at Upton Park. I've scored yeah. at Upton Park. That was what I wanted to do as a kid. So yeah. I've achieved that. But yeah, looking back, it was the worst decision I ever made. And not, was it my fault a little bit? Maybe. The manager changed. So so Glenn Roder had brought me in. Um, bearing in mind, West Ham had got rid of Joe Cole, um, yeah. De Canio, right? So they're getting rid of big players. And they're signing Kevin Orlock, 30, I don't know what it was, 30 at the time. Kevin from Manchester City that obviously no one had heard of. Um, and I remember Glenn Road, we walked into the chain, uh, to the training ground and we're going through like the kit and all that. He went, oh, what number do you want? And, and I sort of like, I'm oh, not that I was going to, I weren't going to pick the 10 dog. The 10 dog was available. It sat there and I looked at it and, and before I even said, I was going to say, look, he went, no, don't touch that. That was the Canios. So I, yeah, I edged up in at higher numbers. Um, so, I, but unfortunately, then results weren't going well. Obviously, like I said, we'd lost quite big players. Um, and then Alan Pardew come in and... Hmm. Didn't, didn't gel? <laughs> no. <laughs> look, I, I, I didn't like him as a man manager. Yeah. Um, do I think he's a good football manager? Yeah. Uh, and again, like anything, if if you ask players that were playing in, in his team that loved him, I know him did. Yeah. I just 
didn't see it, if I'm honest. I thought he was a good manager. And again, I go back to the, the Kevin Keegan being honest. And, and yeah, it didn't work out. He took me up. I played in the game because obviously, like all managers, you see it at all levels. I, I come up against players that have been brought in to replace me all through my career. Right. At Manchester yeah. City, they always signed a midfielder. Every, every pre-season, more yeah. or less. And it was arguably to replace me or someone else in there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that, and I, I, I generally stood up to the challenge. Um, obviously, this situation was no different. Alan Pardew had brought in a number of players from, I think, Wimbledon had, had gone then by this stage, and he signed a, a, a good players from Wimbledon, um, which you expect. Um, and then we had the FA Cup game, which they were cup-tied in against Fulham. So I thought, here's my chance. So I played, got man in the match. So I thought, do you know what? I've must be in the next squad. So we were travelling to Nor- Norwich and um, my, my wife was a week overdue having a baby at this time, which doesn't help the situation, yeah. if I'm honest. So we've travelled up to Norwich and um, he's named the team, he used to name the team just before the game. So he's writing the team out and I'm looking, thinking, yeah, I must be starting, must be starting. I weren't starting, so obviously disappointed, but I thought, Do you know what, I'm going to show him. If I get an opportunity to come on, I'm going to show him. Um he then wrote the subs down. I wasn't even sub. He had took uh, a, a young lad in the squad and put him sub ahead of me. So that obviously didn't sit well with me. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he was aware of my wife. Well, he might not have been. but um, So I stood up and picked my bag up, walked across the dressing room, said, you're out of order in a different way, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, Here's what I think. And, yeah, walked out of the dressing room. I walked out of the dressing room and, and halfway down, halfway down the corridor, actually, I um, my professional head come back on, and I thought, oh, I can't leave before the game because, say, someone gets injured in the warm up. Yeah. So, I, I stayed, I stayed in the corridor, out the way, so no one see me until they kicked off. Um, yeah. Three o'clock kick off, I jumped in a taxi outside Carrowood, got a taxi. <laughs> so is that was that pretty much it then, Kev? Yeah, that, that was, you couldn't that come back me, from that, could you? No, that was me done, mate. We. That night, they'd drawn the game as well, which didn't help. And um, a few of us had gone out that night. Obviously, oh, my head had gone at this stage. We'd yeah. gone out for something to eat and a few beers, and our phones all were pinging, and I was getting messages going, you're in big trouble. And I was like, yeah. oh, one, I'm not bothered. Which, yeah. looking back, was poor, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, I'd probably do it again or, or, or deal with that situation in that way. Um, but at the time I did, we went out and had something to eat, and I had too many drinks, and... That we all all our phones dinged at the same time, and we got a message saying that you you need to be in tomorrow morning. This was a Sunday, obviously, at Canary at Canary Wharf in the Reebok Centre. I'm thinking, where's this? So um, another player picked me up. We drove in. I was hanging, absolutely hanging. I was. I, I, I had a hat on. I was green. And um, we got in the lift. And it was on like the 15th floor. This gym. So I got in the lift, and as the lift shut, and I poured a bottle of water on my head to to liven myself up. And, as I'm putting the hat back and I've got water dripping down me and the arm come in like that in the in the door to keep it open. It's only Alan Pardew, isn't it? Oh, in, he got in the lift. So he sort of went, oh, glad you could make it. I went, anything for you, mate. And oh. yeah, that, that was it. We did a call down and he did a big speech about one of his lions went missing, apparently. And that was, yeah, that was me. That was me done training with a kid. So that was that, yeah. Okay, End of. Yeah. And then, so did you instigate the, the move to Ipswich, or did, how, did, how did that sort of all work out from there, going from City you know to United? Yeah, it was a weird one, because at this stage, I didn't have an agent, but it was, 
well, I had someone sort of acting it. I hadn't signed anything. Um, so, so it was sort of for a friend. And, um, yeah, I was training with the kids. And then he rang me and said, oh, by the way, um, um, there's a club that wouldn't show. I said, who's that? He went, Ipswich. What do you reckon? I went, yeah, yeah, I'll be interested. Because Joe Royal was manager, right, who had yeah. been my manager at Manchester City. And, yeah, nothing got said to Pardew. I don't think, obviously, Alan Pardew wanted me gone. I'd take it by how it worked out. But I think the agent worked it out with the chief executive. And then he rang me back and said, yeah, it's all cool. Go and get this from the office and you're free to go. So off I went. Yeah, I walked into Alan Pardew's office, actually. Because at this stage, they were both in the championship, Ipswich and West Ham. They were like rivals as such, okay. the yeah. two top teams. And I walked in Alan Pardew's office. I said, ah, oh, I'm off. He went, where are you going? I went, it's got nothing to do with you and walked out. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I walked out and went to, went to Ipswich. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The killer, the, the, the killer of it the, is that West Ham beat us in the playoffs oh, to go up, which absolutely ripped my heart out. Yeah, he went dancing down the touchline when they scored, which didn't <laughs> help. Yeah, but Thanks, that is what it is, isn't it? That happens, isn't it? So how was your time at How was your time at Ipswich? It's you know what? It's another big club, isn't it? Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. We had um, a real good team, yeah. uh, quite a young team of Darren Bent, Westy. We had quite a few young players. Obviously, yeah. Jim McGilton in there, who I knew from the international games with Northern Ireland. And, yeah, um, yeah it was good times. We we were we were there or thereabouts. It, the first year, I think it looked like we were going to go up. We were top of the league and doing well. And then Sunderland went on a mad run, ended up in the playoffs and didn't quite get there. And then, for whatever reason, I've not asked him, actually. I was in the team doing quite well. And I've got five bookings, I think. So, obviously, become suspended for a couple of games. Um yeah. And didn't get back in. I really? Yeah, and I, to this day, I, I'm still quite unsure why, if I'm honest. Yeah. I was working quite hard. I, know I wasn't con- confrontational, so I didn't go in and have a row and have it out. I sort of just got on with it. And yeah, yeah. What, what, age were you, what age were you at this time? Um, what would I have been? I'd have probably been about 33, 34 at this time. So I was yeah. no, no pup-like, but yeah, yeah I, I, it was a bit of a strange one. Then, obviously, Joe Roll said to me, Look, do you want to go on loan? We've had Doncaster Rovers asking for you, and I just went with it. Went to Doncaster. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there was a few, yeah, w- a couple of different moves come sort of after that towards the end of the playing career, wasn't there? So, Doncaster yeah, there was, a, there was a few nonsense ones, if I'm honest. Look, look I, went, I, I went, I went to Doncaster as I suppose quite a big name because at that time they wasn't. Um, I don't know what league they would have been in, maybe League One, maybe, but they wasn't flying. They were struggling, and I went in and. The month I went on loan, I did really well. We'd won quite a few games and the crowd was wanting me to sign. Yeah. So come the end of the season, I committed to signing. Um, signed two years, which was fine with me. But obviously, it took me to that threshold of 35 where everyone talks about as retirement. And um, they, to be fair to the club, they, they had a chairman that was ambitious. They, they were moving from Bellevue, which was obviously a rundown stadium, to the Keepmoat, which was a, a brand new stadium. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking, here we go. This could be a real good place for me. Played the first game of the following season. We lost at Carlisle, which was tough. Played the second game at home against Crew. I scored the winner, um, but hurt my knee in the process. I, my knee, I'd had a number of operations at this stage and uh, my knee just didn't feel right. So I'd gone off and um, seen the physio. said, oh, gonna have to. so I ended up playing the last 10 minutes when maybe I shouldn't. And when I went to have the operation or to, from to have a look at it, I'd, I, a two centimetre bone fell out of my femur, so which was was shocking because it meant I was on crutches for a year. So I'd signed a two-year deal and 
had to have my knee drilled and on crutches. At this stage, they were saying, look, you should maybe have to retire. Um, but I didn't want to. I still wanted to play football, even at that old age. I, I wanted to play. So I, I was on crutches for a year, did rehab, um, got as fit as I could. Fitter than I was at Ipswich, probably, if I'm honest. Um, come back training, and this is where it all went wrong for me. I was 33, 34. We'd had floods up in Doncaster. So bearing in mind, I've been out for a year on crutches, um, grafted, worked so hard. Who the, I, I worked so hard to get fit. Um, and then I went to train, but we had floods up in Doncaster in Sheffield. So I've gone in and hardly anyone was in training. The place was underwater. Um, I think there was me. I think I was the only pro in and there was about seven youth team players. So the first team manager was there, actually. So we had about a space as big as this bed I'm sat on to train on. Honestly, it was ridiculous. So he was setting poles up and he sent us on a, a, a run around Cantley Park, which is where they trained. So we've gone off running. Um, and me being me, the kid that never grew up, the, the lad that never had a proper job, which is what my mum used to always say to me. Um, <laughs> We're running around this field, and, and I'm at the back. The lads are in the front, like no one see me. And to this day, I do not know why I did it. I'm looking, I'm looking at the wall, the, the water obviously covering the whole park. I'm looking, looking, looking. They're going looking, and all of a sudden, as a 33 year old man, I veered off left and did a Shefki Coochie. I don't know if you've seen Shefki Coochie when he scores. Yeah. Well, I, I, I got as high as that, right, mid air, vertical. No one watching me, 33 years old. And then mid-air, I thought, oh, no, because I'd had a vasectomy. Right We'd had five kids. Obviously, my wife said, look, you have to have a vasectomy. So I'm mid-air, looking down on this water, thinking if I land on my front, it's a bit sore. So I, I sort of turned mid-air onto my side and come down on my shoulder, like on my armpit. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, the, the, the water wasn't six foot deep like I thought it was it was about that deep and my shoulder popped straight out oh, so no. I've, I've oh, honestly it was a joke so I've got back up and they've run off I'm soaking wet in this stuff and I've got hold of it and popped it back in and carried on jogging round and my shoulder was sore obviously I was like oh my god so I've ended up getting back to where the first team manager was and as I've gone into where he was setting these poles up I've sort of just rolled my shoulder to see what it was like and it popped out again so he's yeah. fell out again, and he's like, I'm like, ah, ah, and he's going, look, what's up? I said, I oh, passed my hand. So he's like, what's going on? And he's passed me hand. I've crunched it back in. I said, oh, I'm done. I said, I've dislocated my shoulder. He went, what do you mean? I went, oh, I dived in a puddle, and he sort of just was shocking. <laughs> it was shocking. It was embarrassing. Oh, I was embarrassed. I had to. It was oh, embarrassing. He, he just shook his head, and that was me off. I went, and yeah, I didn't play. I was, I had, I had my arm in a sling for five months, I think. <laughs> Really? I got, yeah, I've got four pins in that one. It's shocking. That's Absolutely hell, shocking. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I look back, look, it's funny now. I can I can sort of nearly smile and laugh about it. Yeah. But <laughs> at, at the time, like the hard work I went through to get back and yeah. I, I, I so wanted to play for Doncaster and I never got that opportunity in the end. It's, it's, it's stupid, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah, if there's any kids kid watching, yeah. If there's any kids watching, don't dive in. Because, look, to be fair, you always want to do it, don't you? I know, look. What a story. What a not story. 33, but you what never know what's for. underneath. And it, it's not as deep as you think. It's dangerous, isn't it? It's dangerous. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was me done there, unfortunately. I tried to get fit but couldn't. And in the end, they 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 tried to pay me up. And I sort of stayed and said, no, I'm going to give it a go. And then um, Scumfork come in for me. 
which again was a little bit bizarre because they were in the championship, so they was a league higher. Right. Um, and by this stage, I hadn't played football for two years, so right. there was a bit of uproar. Like Scunthorpe fans were thinking, "What the hell are we signing a, a player from our rivals as yeah. such? is quite local that are a league below, and he's not played football for two years." It was a strange one, and it, and to be fair, financially, it, it, I didn't even ask for much money, petrol money, because I wanted to go there and try and get fit because they had the reserves, and Doncaster didn't, right. and I went there and it. Yeah, it's just really tough. I, I couldn't get fit. I had calf strains. Were they still paying you for, for yeah, that time? Well, Doncaster, Doncaster ended up paying, paying me up a sum for me to leave. Right, Obviously, okay. they, yeah. they, they were aware that I weren't going to play for them. Yeah. Um, the, the manager had changed while I was there as well, which obviously changes things as well. So, yeah, off I went to, to Scunthorpe to try and get games under my belt in the reserves and um, try and get some sort of match fitness back but it was just impossible no. couldn't do it i just couldn't i was getting calf strains i was getting pains in my foot it was just did, did you know nightmare. at that point that you were sort of that was going to be it so for, for, for professional football or was you yeah. thinking yeah yeah I, I knew i knew i was struggling i knew i was struggling and obviously scum wasn't a place where i was even getting i was never going to get to that level championship yeah. football i knew that and then Mansfield took me on loan from there, believe it or not, and I still hadn't played. Um, I might have played one reserve game, I think, poorly. Um, went at Mansfield and they were struggling at the bottom of League Two and ended up getting relegated, actually, into the conference. But yeah. I, did, I did, again, I didn't play much for them either. i come on in the last game, I think, for 10 minutes. Yeah. So that was done. And do you know what? It's, it's, it's quite funny, isn't it, the story? But I hadn't prepared for the finish. I hadn't yeah. prepared for the end. I was, I was... I don't know, looking back, I was probably really naive. I just thought I was going to play forever like Peter Pan and um, yeah. it was going to go on forever and I never prepared for the end. I never I never see it coming. And when and it stopped... No one around you in, them big, in them clubs sort of saying, Kev, no. have a think about this? No. no. No, I think the PFA might have come in. I certainly remember the PFA coming in at a young age, actually, when I was at Swindon, when I was just breaking into the first team and having a taste of first-team football. Yeah. And I remember the PFA man, who was an ex-player, actually, saying, oh, look, you need this, your pension, do this, because before you know it, your career's gone. And I sat there, like probably every other young man, I thought, yeah, all right, it's only because you're old, mate. That, I didn't yeah, say it, yeah. but it, I was yeah. thinking, look, I'm young, I'm just breaking into the first team. I've got the world in front of me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I didn't see it coming out. We left Mansfield. We moved back to Suffolk. I had a house in Suffolk, um, and thought, yeah, the, I, we went now? back there. And I, what am I going to do? I, do, I do, sat you think, um, do you think, obviously, when you when you're playing and you're doing well, you have a lot of people around you. You can chat to everyone. Everyone wants to be your friend. But I suppose when you finish football, I bet it became a lonely place. Yeah, it was. It was horrible. And to be fair, I weren't like I said to you earlier. I always kept myself to myself sort of obviously I had mates at clubs but yeah. I wasn't out socially all the time obviously I had young family and we ended up having five kids so we had quite a lot going on at home so I wanted to be that family man I wanted to be involved in that so I didn't have loads and loads of friends but th yeah there was people that that wanted a bit of you um was ringing you and, and yeah they soon fall away so I end up in this house in Suffolk didn't really know anyone in the area again I I, I bought the house a little bit away from Ipswich itself for that reason. Yeah. One was for the kids' school, but one was to keep yeah. me out of everything and um, of the straight and narrow as such. So <laughs> I didn't really know anyone in the area. So I, I went back and sat in the house for, it must have been two years, wow. not doing anything. And 
yeah, looking back, I, I don't know. I know there's a lot of all this mental health and all that. I don't want to, certainly don't want to jump on that bandwagon, but I don't know. Did I have a, a bit of depression? I, I think I did because I was always a little bit out there in terms of in the dressing room. I was that person that was involved in everything. If there was something going on, I was, I was, I was involved in it. And um, I sort of gone from being that and involved in that to having nothing. And I'm not yeah. saying I didn't like being at home with the missus and kids because I did, but it become a lonely place. Oh, from what I was used to, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I bought an Xbox. I bought an Xbox and played Call of Duty for a couple of years, <laughs> but um, I was shocking at it. I don't know if it's because I was so old. Because I look, watch my lad play it now, and he, he goes around like unbelievable. I was like running guns up in the air like that, and I was it's shocking. I was shocking. Oh, too much. <laughs> Yeah, so in the end, I, I got to the point of thinking, what am I going to... I can't do this forever. I'm not... Financially, I haven't got enough money to, to live forever and not do nothing. So I, I got into coaching. I did bits and pieces. I was... At that time, I was assistant manager at Needham um, my first time around. So did a bit of coaching, went into a few schools, tried to, to make my way that way. Um, so that's probably where my coaching started. It wasn't something I always dreamt and wanted to do, if I'm totally honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like some people do, don't they? It, it was something that I sort of fell into because it was probably the only thing I knew. Yeah. yeah, the only thing I knew football. Uh, I'm yeah. not saying I was a good coach. I'm not saying I'm an unbelievable coach now, but um, football was the only thing I sort of felt comfortable with. Yeah, you hear it a lot, don't you? you? Hear a lot of people, not not just in football, but in all sorts of businesses, saying that you you don't have to be the best in the sport or in the game, but if you can do stuff that you love doing and create a job around that. Obviously, the coaching sort of giving you a bit of that, presumably, to, yeah. to fall back. Uh, and to be fair, it wasn't even just the football. It was because obviously I had five kids and obviously I loved being with my, my children. And I'm, I'm, I'm a kid at heart still. My missus would probably still say that now. And I am quite immature and I interact with children quite well, yeah. I feel. So so it, it was not just the football. It was the actual interaction. I, I, I loved coaching young children. Yeah. I yeah. got so much from it, the smile on their face, the the high fives when they come out to train and uh, yeah, I really took to it. And if, if you asked me back then, uh, um, would I go on and then coach a, a, a higher level or non-league and the, in the men's game, I'd have probably said no. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed coaching children that much. It, it, I, I loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it sort of just happened really. It was just the way it happened and opportunities come up and then I did it. And, and then before I knew it, I wasn't coaching young children anymore, which I miss. But looking back, once you're not doing it and you're coaching adults, you think, God, that was hard work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, you, you come back drained because they, yeah. look, they they need your attention. You need to engage with them. You need to, yeah. to, to make it fun for them. You need to be enthusiastic. And, and being that, albeit for maybe an hour session after school, is tough. Yeah. It is quite yeah. tough. It is tough. So you went into non-league football, didn't you, Kev? Obviously, you yeah, managed Needham, playing at Needham. Yeah, it was it was it was a weird one. It was um, when I when I stopped playing, I still I know it sounds crazy, didn't it? Because I've had the knee operation for a year. I've got four pins in my shoulder. I I sort of felt like I missed out on a couple of years of football. So I thought, do you know what? I'm going to play still. I'm going to play non-league. I'll be out to train on a Tuesday and Thursday. Play Saturday. So yeah, I looked at non-league clubs. I, I went in at Kings Lynn initially, Bury, um, and Needham. So I went round. And Needham just worked for me. It was a little yeah. bit closer for me. It was, um, he had a young manager, Danny Laws, who I know you know. Um, yeah. They had a young team. 
with you being one of them um, eventually. And they, they just had good players for me. They, they had yeah, a young a team. Club, that it? It was a well. good run club. And, and, and Lawsy wanted to coach them, didn't he? It weren't yeah. a club where I didn't get the feeling where I was just turning up to play with lads that were just playing because for a bit of fun and a few beers on a Saturday. They had young players that, that were good and wanted to listen. And uh, Lawsy wanted to coach them. So for yeah. me, it was the perfect place for me to, to, to be a part of. Which yeah. I loved, apart from obviously the heckling with the fans when you were his away. <laughs> and the away journeys with me and you in the back. <laughs> well, it, was good fun. it was good fun. And look, I, obviously I still, I'm still at, I've gone back to Needham now, aren't I? And yeah. I, I love non-league football. It's, yeah. it's something that, if, if I'm totally honest, and this is going to sound a bit weird as well, I probably enjoyed my first three, four years when I could still, or two years, when I could still physically do it at Needham and play, yeah. than I did the last two, three years of my professional exactly career. Exactly what Cole Dugan said. He said he absolutely loved non-league football, the honesty of it, and you know the banter in the dressing room and stuff. I think it, a, a lot of pros that go into non-league would probably say the same. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure the top end though, Gino, because I, I do you know what I enjoyed? I enjoyed the the, the real rubbish pitches where it's muddy and you could yeah. smash into people. Yeah, I enjoyed that because obviously towards the end or in the Premier League, it wasn't about that. It was like staying on your feet and not being the quickest player in the world. Staying on yeah. your feet is not ideal for me. Yeah. I need it to be a little bit muddy and a little bit horrible. Do you know what I mean? I can't deal yeah. with people doing step-overs and all that. Um, <laughs> and I certainly can't do it myself. So I just loved, I just loved that environment. I, 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 yeah, I loved it. Um, and, I, and I wish I could have played longer, but unfortunately it caught up on me and I... I couldn't handle with not walking on a Sunday and Monday after a game Saturday. <laughs> Struggling, getting out of bed, go, not being able to walk downstairs and that, it just become a little bit too much. Yeah. And you're, um, you're involved with the under-21s, Northern Ireland under-21s, are you? Not now, not now I was though. No, what happened, um, so obviously I went into, when I stopped playing, I, I started doing Needham Market Academy when it first started up with Lawsy, yeah. Danny Law. Um, so I was doing that and in this time I was doing my, my obviously badges, and stuff so i went out to, to ireland to do my a license okay. and while i was out there um i think one of the, the tutors said to me oh there's an opportunity a lad that i used to play with said that there's going to be opportunity would you be interested um so i said yeah of course i would yeah. and it, it was brilliant again for me because I, i'd found myself at needham which was an unbelievable football club but not what it is like today yeah. today it's scary it's probably facility wise the best at the level yeah, and maybe one very. above but at the time it wasn't um so so it gave me the opportunity to go from needham's training pitch i don't know if you remember it gino in the winter it was like playing in a oh, bog and then it, see, in the you? summer oh in the summer it was like playing on the m25 it was that rock <laughs> hard but so so this this job come up and it it sort of gave me an opportunity to do the non-league stuff at needham which i loved in the academy with the younger players but then give me that opportunity to go and um, go away and to different countries and be involved in games playing against top nations. Um, so it was a good, good mixture for me, real good mixture. Yeah. But I stopped that when I, well, when I, when I left, I moved back to Kent. So I, I ended up leaving Needham. I took the job at Chatham briefly just to keep involved, really, while I was down there. Um, and then got the job at Colchester, which is obviously why I moved back this way. Yeah. And when I did that, to be fair to Robbie Callan, he was brilliant for me. He said, look, you can carry on doing the under-21s Northern Ireland. That's fine. I haven't got a problem with it. Um, yeah. But I just felt I couldn't do both. Yeah. It would have meant me missing quite a few games at Colchester. And I just thought, you know what, I'd rather just do one job properly than spread myself too thin. Yeah. 
and home yeah. as well, obviously managing that and yeah, sure yeah, that... as well. Because it meant out. Oh, it's funny because all international games over my playing career generally fall on the same time. So I I hadn't seen or been home on my, on my eldest daughter's birthday wow. all through my playing. Career. I was always away with Northern Ireland. So obviously when I got the Northern Ireland training job, it it started again. So yeah, but it, yeah, it was something that Robbie was was happy for me to do, but I yeah. just don't think I could have done both. Yeah. So so Kev, now now obviously you've got a you've got the job manager's job at Needham Market. How how have you found that? Because obviously you've only been in the job for for a little while, haven't you? Yeah, I, I, I look. I'll, I'll be totally honest. I've said it from from the moment I left before. I, I always hoped one day I'd get the opportunity. It obviously yeah. didn't look like it when I'd moved to Kent and obviously in at Colchester, but um, they approached me actually to help out when Steve Foley was unfortunately ill last year yeah. um, and said, look, would you come in and just take 12 games for us and why Steve's not, not well? And I said, yeah, of course I will. So Robbie, again, was brilliant and said, yeah, of course you can. You can go and do that because the 23s at Colchester play on a Monday, not a Saturday. So... Yeah. I went and helped out, and, and it just ignited that flame in me again, that non-league flame. I, look, Colchester is an unbelievable football club, and uh, and for me, in terms of young players coming through the system, one of the best to be at because yeah. Robbie's real, real keen in in investing, and he's he's really enthusiastic about getting young kids through the system and into his first team. So yeah. it was an unbelievable place to work, and it was a real tough decision, but. Going back just ignited something in me that I, I couldn't ignore. I couldn't ignore, and I know from the from the outside it probably looked really strange, but I'm one of them. I I, I have to go what I feel is right for me. Yeah. Um, and going back to Needham give me the opportunity to to spend a little bit more time at home as well, if I'm totally honest, because um, the days are slightly shorter. It meant I could then start helping my wife take my lad to football on a Sunday. Oh, yeah. um, little things. Like, again, it was going back to a football club that I knew. The people hadn't really changed. The facilities had immensely, by the way. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I left and I, I didn't, again, I didn't burn bridges. Rob, Robbie Callan was brilliant for me. So yeah. I was honest with him and said, look, I, I, I want to go back there. I, I, and he said, look, I totally understand. If that's how you feel, then, then yeah, I did it. So, yeah. What's, the, found what's myself... the challenges been like since you've been a manager? What sort of things... I mean, you must you must start seeing excuses and different things that probably you did when you were younger. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know what? Because obviously I went in initially as the academy manager. So I was yeah. full-time. Um, and, the, and the manager's job with the first team is only really... I've only... Well, I think I took six games, I think. I, yeah. And obviously with the corona, I've not, I didn't really get my teeth into it. But um, I really loved the, the academy in terms of the games, playing in the furlough one. I see players progressing and, and, and finding their feet in the men's game. So when the first team job come along, look, of course, I would have been interested whenever it come along. I, I didn't envisage it to be so quick. Um, yeah. Wilkes, Wilkes had done an unbelievable job there. The, the, the team were, were safe and, and, and doing reasonably well in the league they were in, which is what they were after. Yeah. Um, so, so it was a shock to me when I got offered it, but it was something that I, I was never going to turn down. Yeah, um, so, yeah it's, it's come around really quick and it's been really annoying. That obviously we we find ourselves in this pandemic, and, and I know it's terrible, but it's sort of left me really hungry to get back and uh, and yeah. get my teeth into it. Because, like I said in in quite a few interviews, I was really lucky because normally when you go into a manager's job, you're 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 picking up pieces and 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 you're in, in charge of a, a team of 
players that have either not achieved anything or underachieved or or, yeah. or not very good. And and I, I've I've come in and I've got a really real 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 good squad of players um, yeah. that were underachieving. If I'm totally honest, and I told them that. But I'm I'm in a real good position. I've got a club that wants to back me and and let me bring players in, and I've got an academy that I really believe in. That we've got real yeah. good players coming through the system that I have give chances to already. I've, I think I've played three, four, maybe in the six games that I was involved in, and yeah. I intend to give lads chance. So for me, it's the perfect job. Um, yeah. Look, the, the glory lights of the professional game and. Um, I get all that. If you're in the Premier League, then financially you're massively. I, I'm happy. If, if I'm happy in my heart and I like the club and I like the people, well, for me, I've got the, the ideal job. Yeah, yeah. And that that speaks that speaks volumes, doesn't it, about the club that you're at? Because there's a lot of people that are always going to that might say the non-league is a stepping stone almost because I've got massive aspirations, but it's not necessarily all about getting to the. The shiny lights, as you put it, is it? No, everyone's different, and they? Everyone's like, I, I never real, had real ambitions to, to play at certain clubs. I always just went with what I was doing. And if I was happy, Manchester City fans often said to me, it was weird, like, no, I, I can't get my head around it. They, they said, said to me before, oh, thanks for staying. I said, what do you mean? They said, oh, when we went down to League Two, thanks for staying. I, I, I said, I was never intending to leave. Never, ever. Yeah. So I never, I never... Never thought that. I know. Look, everyone's different, and some people were really driven and 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 have an end goal, and I haven't got a problem with that. That's yes. people are different. No, I can live with that, but I never have. I, I've I've in many people's eyes took a step back to go to Needham. Yes. In mine, I haven't. In mine, I haven't. So I'm not looking. Look, I want to be that manager. I want to be that manager. I, I want to be leading. Lead. Look, I've got no aspirations. All I want to do is do my best, work hard for Needham, yeah. and yeah. if. Well, whatever that be, hopefully it means I end up managing Needham in the higher division. Yeah. Um, if something else happens and there's inquiries, then obviously they come in, but it's not something I'm looking at or, or even hoping that happens. I think that's yeah. a, there's a lot, to, and Andrew sort of said it before, and we other people we've spoke to on, on this podcast about the having, just having that self, not self-awareness, but just being happy in, it's fine to be happy in doing what you're doing. You don't have to be dreaming. You don't have to be. Thinking. Yeah, I think that's important, it's, isn't it? It's a great Anything place is. to be. That security, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's important. And then, you, then off that, I think people can take that off you. So, so players feel comfortable and at ease. And yeah. I, I just think, yeah, if you're happy, if you're not happy somewhere, I think it sticks out like a sore thumb, and and you end up, well, it ends up being a chalk, don't it? And and look, this is no disrespect. Obviously, to Needham, I love Needham. When I left, when I moved back to Kent, I was driving up from Kent two hours every day yeah. and I was doing it for over a year but it got to the point where I couldn't be happy so I was driving not really looking forward to it so when I left before I said look I can't keep doing it they, they said why I said look I'm not happy so it's not fair on the club because yeah. um, yeah. they all obviously everyone thought I had another job I didn't have a job right. I've, I've got nothing I, I didn't have a job to go to yeah. Um, but it's, yeah you've got to be happy within I think whatever you do I just think you get more out of it Kev you know like for obviously the children that be listening um, and also, you know, even your own players. What sort of what sort of things do you look at in a player? So, say you was, you know, it might be scouting or just your own players that you're currently working with. Um, for for me, the big thing is I, and I see it quite a lot. I think players, certainly young players, and even even with with the, the lads in at Needham, first team lads and, and academy lads. I think you've got to give them that freedom and it be okay to make a mistake. I think 
the worst thing I see in coaches and in parents when they're screaming at them, when they make mistakes, what are you doing? Let them go and express themselves. Yeah. At the end of the day, the, the best way for players or youngsters or whoever to learn is to have that freedom and, and try things. Yeah. Um, so so I, I like to look, don't get me wrong, obviously within the first team structure and even to the academy lads to a certain extent, there is a structure that, whether it be formation or there are no certain things that I want from them. But other than that, I'm never moaning. I would never moan at anyone for making a mistake. Yeah. Never, ever. Yeah. yeah. Never, ever. I just think you're asking for They're not going to enjoy it. And you're going to get away from what football is about at that age is enjoying it and progressing. And, yeah. So, so, yeah, that, that's a massive thing for me. Yeah, I think yeah. I think just being, for the players, the confidence that, that instills in them and, and our own kids and everything else as well is that just... If you if you're prepared to have a go, and you're not making the same mistake constantly, then try it, do it, see. Well, yeah, or just ask them what they think, yeah. rather than telling them what they should have done. Ask them what 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 do you think you could have done different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's soon honestly, you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. Well, you you know, Gino, you've coached and done it for for loads of years, probably more than me. But they they often got the answers, you know. Yeah. They 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 figure it out quite yeah. quick. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like, they're like sponges. Your own, you're going to always be your own harshest critic, aren't you? I'm sure that you were yeah. as a player. If you had a bad game, I'm sure that you knew it way before anyone else told you about it. Um, you definitely yeah. know, yeah. You definitely know, don't you? Yeah. And, and kids know, don't they? What's so what's the point of... of yeah, if you, look, I ain't got a problem with parents. Obviously, I speak to my lad after games. Um, I try and keep it positive, but I will speak about certain things and do you think you could have done that different? But I don't... I would never go in and, and, and openly criticise. Yeah. Yeah, um, we've, actually, we've just had a question 12. come through from Dan Bond, just saying that obviously you've worked with some amazing managers over the years. Yeah, what's the what would be one of your best tips on management that has worked for you? Honesty, simple. Yeah. That, that that is the that is everything. Uh, and you can get things wrong and you can make mistakes as manager. If you're honest, players can live with it. There's, yeah. that, that is the biggest thing for me and it might be my experiences of when certain managers weren't honest um, just say how it is yeah. say it, what you think um, it's not always going to be what players think right yeah. um, but they, they will be out of respect you being honest if you yeah. think that and you're open with it and not saying one thing and doing another players can live with it I, I, look, I've spoke to I got rid of um, four or five players from Needham right. Um because I, I, I felt it was necessary, not because they were bad players, but because they weren't. Some of them were my better players, if I'm totally honest. Yeah, yeah. But certain situations where they live a little bit further away, can't commit to training or whatever. And, and I was just honest with them. Yeah. Told them how it was. Look, this is it. It's tough for me. I don't like releasing players. Um, it's not a nice experience. But yeah. if you're honest, and, um, and I'd be totally honest with you, every single conversation I had, the lads were fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. And they all said, thanks for being honest. So yeah. yeah, for me that's the biggest thing. I think that goes, and, yeah. and it's a non, it? it's a non-negotiable. Just no. be honest. Yeah. Say how it is, even if it's not what players want to hear. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people seem to seem to think that being honest is going to hurt people's feelings. Oh, I don't want to say yeah. that. Or I'm, you can I'm, say, yeah, you can say it differently though, can't you? Can. Can, yeah. You haven't got to be. You, you can't. You haven't got to be harsh with it. Just say, look, this is what I think. This is how it is. Yeah, but. Let's be honest as well. In football, it's all about opinions. So you know, just because Kevin Horlock doesn't think you're you're yeah, right exactly. for Needham, it doesn't matter. You know, um, that's the big thing of football, isn't it? So look at look at your career. You know, yeah. you've had some ups, downs. You know, 
It is all about opinions, isn't it? That that is it, that is it exactly. What what you look for might not be what I look for, but although yeah. it might be because we were ballers, <laughs> weren't we? <laughs> Gina might be looking for flicky flicky. I ring uh, pure techers. Pure techers. I was after the grafters. It, it's quite. Funny, it is. It, it, um... <laughs> Kemp was texting me saying his back still sore from carrying me from all them games. Right. But you know, the mad thing is, like, I had obviously gone on and had a half decent career, played at a high level. I used to do all Gino's work. Like, how's, that, how's that worked out? I'm running running. around kicking people, getting in the ball so he could play and spray it about. Something went wrong. Oh, there. Not the first time I've heard this. <laughs> I love it. Oh, no, yeah. So just before we, we wrap it up, Kev, obviously, we massively appreciate your time. We've, uh, we've taken a couple of hours of your time. Really appreciate that. Um, Practical jokes. You've definitely seen a sort of lad that loves a bit of a laugh. What's the uh, what's the best one you've either been involved with or seen throughout your football? Oh dear. <laughs> we love this one, Lee, don't we? This is, oh, <laughs> this is, mate, this is a tough one. Well, <laughs> there's some that I probably couldn't say though. That's the problem. Um, yeah, we we've done. Look, I've done all the normal stuff like glued money to the floor used to put 20 pound note under my hotel door and string with it and when they go and pull it under uh, <laughs> i put dead birds in jeans oh. I've done that. um yeah cut we've cut trousers up and socks up and oh yeah to be fair it's a little bit horrible but um we had a lad we had a lad called richard jobson at manchester city absolute unbelievable man i think he works for pfa now actually job i would been a real good player, played for Leeds. He comes to Manchester City as as one of the older statesmen. Okay. And um I used to wind him up. We I used we used to call him Granddad. So when we go out for training, I'd I'd always go, Jobbo, we're going out to train now. Do you want to come? Like winding up. Like, and I, one day I took it a step too far. I thought, you know what? What could I? How could I take it to the next level here? So I went and got a pint pot from upstairs in the bar, plastic one, and. Yeah, number two, number two, and it looked like King Kong's finger in it. And I was going to hide it under his seat behind the the, the heater, where the heater was, so it'd stink. And I'd go, because oh, then I could joke, and oh, have you messed your pants? Like, but um, as I've done it, I've come out of the toilet, and um, as I've walked through into the dressing room, the assistant manager Willie Donaghy's come out, uh, and I've I've ended up putting it behind my back and having a fifteen-minute conversation. <laughs> With oh, a point, yeah. honestly, shocking, yeah. So I didn't actually get to that final stage with Jobbo, but we used to have a bit of a laugh like with him. <laughs> love it, love it. Brilliant. Well, so, Kev, mate, we appreciate them, Lee. Yeah, that, really that, good. That's yeah, really, really honest, really and uh, mate, what a career you've had, Bondi. No way. problem. Bondi, Bondi just, yeah. has just commented, just saying uh, thanks so much for your answers. If you do want to send any players over to tip your job serve, then you'll happily have them. <laughs> <Love that. laughs> To be fair, I might still got that flame. I might want to play for it. Tip two jobs, so I might come over and have a Mate, game. Lee, we'll have to, uh, I'm send, joking. Uh, we'll have to send Kev's number over. They play on a Saturday or Sunday? I don't know. I don't know what day they play on. Find yeah, out. Oh, them, day, them days are gone, I think. I can't do that now. Yeah, brilliant. No, appreciate it, mate. No, no problem. Kev, I'm absolutely gasped for a drink. been like that, chatting on. Mouth dry as anything. <laughs> Now, I appreciate it, mate. We'll look after yourself. We'll speak soon. Yeah, yeah and you, mate. Top Take man. care. Cheers. See you, Thank you.